0: Welcome to episode 82 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode is part two of the interview we had with fellow podcaster Barry Cook from Sheep No More regarding the fascination with socialism today, and we're going to get that from a Gen Xer perspective. We had part one of that interview last week, and this week we'll conclude that interview with Barry Cook. Now, before we get into today's interview, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed, and our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at Unleashed and our link on Twitter, you can find that at Unleash one And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's Unleashed at gmail.com. Give us your comments, your suggestions, your criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the BeBoomer Unleashed podcast, Drop us a line, tell us what you'd like to talk about, and we'll try our best to get you on the air. Well, once again, we're doing part two of a two-part interview, recorded interview with Barry Cook, fellow podcaster from Sheep No More. And without further ado, we'll go to that recorded interview now. You're right, the educational system as a whole, now there are bright there are bright spots. There are some schools in Cabell County that are doing an excellent job with their kids. But as a whole, yes, the educational system is in the toilet. It's, yes, it's it's gone. You
1: know, Jerry, I paint that with a broad a broad brush when I when I say that. I'm you know I'm not trying to. My hometown, um, you know, right across the river from where we're at now, Southern Ohio, uh, went to a football game a couple years ago and you know, they pray to prayer and in Jesus name. And, you know, it's, it's a good school. I understand that it's going to just take one person, you know, to, Hey, we can't be doing that, but you know, there are bright spots and I I, I don't mean to paint that with the broad, a broad brush like I did.
0: Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a prime example of that. When I was principal at Huntington High, I was principal there during nine 11. Okay. Um, and, um, A lot of schools were canceling football games on Friday night. Uh, They wanted, you know, they were just canceling. And I decided, it was my decision, with the superintendent's blessing, it was my decision that we would, um, if the other team would come, we had a home game that night, that we were going to play. We weren't going to let these terrorists, Mm -hmm. these radical Islamic terrorists, um, control our life. And so we played uh, Riverside, I think it was, that Friday night. And we had, to f- uh, had the game. And uh, that's when I started praying before football games. And that night we had uh, the, the show choir sing God Bless the USA. We had patriotic songs from the band. And we stood up for the National Anthem and... Uh, and then i said remain standing for prayer and i prayed and had about five microphones in my face i mean the, all the guys in the press box rushed over and they had a microphone in my face and i prayed and i ended that prayer never got one complaint on not one so from that point forward at huntington high and when i was principal of barbersville middle school when I, I finished up up there before i went to the board office I prayed, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned in Jesus' name, I, I prayed before every football game, and much probably to my shame, I guess, I always just ended the prayers, amen, okay? I prayed to God, you know, right. but but I didn't right. end the prayer, Jesus' name, amen. No, no complaints. All right. So I was praying along up there one night, and I uh, really was having a good time praying, and finish that thing up and God help us tonight in Jesus name I pray. Amen. (laughs) Well Tom Roten was our press box announcer um, and uh, Tom looked at me and he said yeah you're going to hear about that. And I said yeah (laughs) you're probably right. Probably right. Well the next morning I get a call from the the then superintendent of schools. He said I need to talk to you about something. I said okay what's that? And he said well I understand you prayed last night at the football game. I said, yeah, I do it at every football game. Every time we have a gathering, we say a prayer. He said, well, you know you're not allowed to do that. I said, I'm not. He said, no, you can't do that. And I said, "Uh, well, I get compliments all the time. People saying, wow, thanks for praying. We appreciate that. He said, well, we had a complaint last night, and it was from the visiting team. The visiting team was from or it's now Huntington Middle School, and I, I, I knew who the guy was that, prob- that probably made the complaint. I can't say that for sure, but I've known the guy, and he's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> so anyway, um, I said, well, who made the complaint? And he said, well, it was anonymous. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, we don't deal with anonymous. I said, give me the guy's name, and I'll call him and talk to him. He said, well, no, I can't do that. He wanted it to be anonymous. And I said, well, what are you telling me to do? He said, well, I'm telling you not to pray anymore before a football game. And I said, uh, "Wow." so what do you suggest I do? Next week before the game, I'll get up and say, normally we'd have a prayer now, but the superintendent told us not to. <laughs> and he said, well, I'd really rather you not say that. And I said, well, what else can I say? What am I going to say? He said, well, I'd rather you just leave it out. So I was not insubordinate. You know, I left it out and didn't pray. But it wasn't the fact of the prayer. And I said all that to say this. It was Jesus. That's right. And people... People can put up with a prayer, a "quote unquote" generic prayer, right. but they can't tolerate Jesus because Jesus illuminates the darkness. Oh, he yeah, it's uh, he said,
1: they hated me way before they hated you.
0: Yeah, and so oh yeah, it was now if i if I'd have just said Amen that night, uh, nothing would have been said. But since I said in Jesus' name. Oh, boy, Mr. Anonymous, there, yeah. Mr. Anonymous your shows problem. Up, and that's the problem. <laughs> so, you know, this socialistic business, and like you say, it starts in school. It starts early, but, you know, we're also talking about the generation, these millennials who were... That was the generation of the participation trophy. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, that was the generation that we... Made sure they had good self-esteem and all that, and I just think a lot of them feel like they're entitled. I'm entitled. Yes.
1: Well, it. Um, the only thing I want to add to that is, that's what's that. That's why. Where and I'm asking, I'm asking questions. I don't know the answer to this. How How are we to the point where we are? You know, I hate to say the word bowing down, but we're appeasing. The, the one person you know there was probably you know 200 people there one person uh, that's the rule now um you know that that has come from that generation too i believe that you know like you said everybody's got the you know let's let's puff up their self esteem let's not uh, let's not leave them behind you know let's give everybody a trophy because we don't want anybody to feel left out so you know you know when i went to school and definitely when you went to school you know you were um you're a valedictorian because, well, you made the better grades. Right. Um, you were the you were the you were the starting quarterback because, well, you could throw the ball the best. Yeah. Um, and it's we have gotten completely completely away from that. Um, I'm not sure where that started, the entitlement stuff, but you 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 hit it. That's that's part
0: of it. Well, there are a lot of sports anymore in middle school and high school. Nobody tries out. You just no. you just show up and we're gonna fit you for a uniform. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if there's 115 on the sideline. Doesn't matter if there's 37 cheerleaders. You know, show up. We're you know everybody is 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 worthwhile to do that.
1: And now that you're on that team that you didn't try out for, why why isn't Bobby playing as much as Johnny?
0: Oh yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah. It opens up that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's just crazy, but yeah, you know. Uh, You know, I've just never seen anything quite like it. But this socialism, and I think what these millennials don't understand is with socialism, there is no private ownership of property. Now, a lot of these millennials don't care. And one thing that Sam pointed out uh, is this business of private ownership of property that he thought, you know, millennials might need to um, uh, own some property and, and uh, have some skin in the game because so many of these millennials have no skin in the game right they're 30 or 40 years old still living in mom and dad's basement <laughs> right right i was talking to a lady today a good friend of mine went to high school with her, her son's 34 still lives with her you know mm-hmm. and uh, that's okay i guess i guess <laughs> but but you know I, I you know when i was Uh, growing up the goal was for mom and dad to have an empty nest you know and you know i love both my kids you know andy my son he's uh uh, great kid you got great great kid cassie's a great kid i don't want them living with me (laughs) i hear you you know (laughs) I mean, uh, I'm I'm glad to see him come for a visit. Love to have him come for a visit, but I don't want him living with me. (laughs) No. I go down and visit mine in South Carolina in a week. It's like, hey, Rhonda,
1: it's time to go home.
0: Well, it's like, (laughs) oh, that's like. (laughs) I'm kidding. I know, I know. I love my kids. My my son, uh, of course, he's a pastor up in northern Ohio. And uh, Sherry and I bought a little place up there about three years ago. And. And uh, before uh, we bought it, uh, of course, we would go up, and we'd visit, and we'd stay with them. And uh, Andy and his wife, Sarah, he's a, he has a great wife. He's hes like me. He married up, you know I mean? He has, yeah, has me a too. tremendous wife. Um, and they both said, well, Pops, you don't have to buy a place. You can stay with us anytime you want. And I said, yeah, but... Fish and relatives start stinking after about three days, and I said, <laughs> "You know, we kind of need our, our own space," and uh, uh, so we opted to uh, to buy a place up there so that uh, so that we could get up there. But you know, these uh, uh, these millennials now they want uh, everything handed to them. You know, it's. And, not, and like I say, like you talked about painting that stroke with a broad brush, I don't want to do that either right? because not all millennials are created equal. Steve Casey and Sam Denning are prime examples of millennials who don't have that millennial <laughs> mindset. But, you know, I don't know how it was with you, but I, of course, now kids can get a learner's permit when they're 15. We couldn't get that till we were 16 back when I was growing up. 16, but, right. But, you know, at... 11:59 p.m. I was on my way to the DMV <laughs> to get in line to get get my learner's permit. You know, now these right. kids they don't care whether they have a driver's license or not. No, no, indeed. You know, the
1: the millennials, like I said, I'm 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 an optimist at at heart. Um, I, I take my oldest daughter, for example. um... She is. I mean, if you can believe this, she's more conservative than I am, and it's. Yeah. I mean, but it took. By the way, she
0: time. and I share a birthday. You know,
1: July, I know that. July I know night. that.
0: I didn't know that until well yeah. this year. Yeah. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, good company. Yeah. For you. For me, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
1: But yeah, I mean, you know, are they? You know, uh, are they? Are they finally growing up? It's this new. I guess Y or Z generation now that I I really, really worry about. I mean, it's, you know, worried about the millennials, a lot of, you know, I know we live in a small town and, but, you know, for the most part, um, I, I see most of them growing up. However, there are that few that are still, you know, the entitled the living in mom's basement, um, I just um this new generation really it really scares me.
0: Well and, and what scares me is the disconnect. Now Gosh. when I was when I was growing up and probably most of your generation too, we ate meals together. You know, when it was supper time, it was supper time and we better have our feet up under mom's table for supper, you know. That's now, right. now It's mom taking Susie Q to gymnastics and going through McDonald's drive-thru and dad taking junior to soccer practice or uh, baseball practice, and they're going through Chick-fil-A, and they never have that family connection. They're they're too busy being chauffeurs and buddies to be parents. So where does the parenting come in?
1: Well yeah, biblically speaking, I mean, that is the you know, other than your relationship with, you know, God almighty is is that family. And um, you know, we're dropping the ball on that. And I mean you you kinda went through a little confession. I'm I'm gonna go through one myself here. I mean, I was therefore I was caught up in that with, you know, my youngest daughter playing basketball. Sure. And you know, I was doing the same thing and I just um you know, my wife who's always my voice of reason says, you know, is this this is what we need to be doing and then you know i'm just like oh it's okay it's okay it's just basketball you know yeah <laughs> And then i i just got to the point it's like you know ron you're you're right i mean we we're we're doing this wrong we're this is not the way it was uh it was intended to be and you know you're right she most of the time is but um you know it's um it, it's easy, it's so easy to get caught up in in worldly things it's like you know what is your and this is i think it all comes down to one one statement it's What's your worldview? Is it a biblical worldview or is it a societal worldview? Right. Who's your Who's your ultimate authority? Um, the fix to all this is is God. Getting Him back where He belongs.
0: Yeah. Right? And, and and who's in control? You know who who exactly. is in control. And uh, you know a lot of people. And I'm working on a little book now entitled "Totally Out of Control." And I'm I'm hoping to have it in draft form at least by Christmas, but it I, 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 I used my near-death experience here a couple of months ago uh, when my heart blew up um, as the springboard or the catalyst for this thing. And I, I remember riding in the back of that ambulance to the hospital, not knowing whether I'd ever see Barbersville again, because um, my EKG, it looked like a dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies, and then all at once it would flatline, you know? So um, they, uh, you know, it was it was touch and go there for a while. But through that whole thing, through that whole thing, there was no fear. I was totally at peace, and because I knew God was in control, but the, the springboard for this book, uh, starts, you know, that night I was totally out of control. God put, God put uh, Anthony Adkins, a nurse in exactly the right place at the right time. If I, mm-hmm. he put me in the right place at the right time, I was over there doing that, the live streaming at church. If that had to happened to me at home, I'd have just chalked it up to a bad piece of fish or something. And I'd have gone to bed and died during the night. Yep. Um, He put exactly the right cardiology team together. He, you know, the first thing that happened when I got to the emergency room, uh, the emergency room doc said, who's your cardiologist? I said, well, I don't have a cardiologist. He said, you've never had any problems like this before? And I said, well, no, not that I know of. And uh, so he said, well, who do you want? I said, I wouldn't know who to tell you. I don't even know who a cardiologist is. So he ends up getting me three of the top guys in the area. He gets me... Dr. Elhamdani is my cardiologist, Dr. Chowdhury is the surgeon, and Dr. Barryun is the electrician. Now, I don't know what his official name is, but that, uh, he's the electrician, you know. Electrophysiologist. Electrophysiologist, yeah. <laughs> and so I understand that these guys are at the top of their class, the top of the field, you know. Right. And, and I had nothing to do with that. Absolutely. No. I, I wouldn't have... I I wouldn't have known whether to get Doctor Chowdhury or Jack the Ripper. I would have had no <laughs> had no clue which to do. But God put all this stuff together, and it it, and the thing is, we Christians, we who love God and unsaved people too, but but in particular, we Christians, we like to think we're in control of stuff.
1: Sure,
0: I got this, God. I got this. Yeah, we got this. And we go to God as a last resort. We go to God right. as an absolute last resort, and at when we should be going to Him first.
1: Right, that's right. You know, I've I do that weekly, Jerry. I, I do. I, I just uh, I got this. I got this. But you know, that's. That's the thing, you know people when I say this, and you know maybe when you know they're listening to your podcast, it's, oh, it's Jerry and, you know he's interviewing another Christian. well, i was I was at that stage, you know i I wasn't always a Christian. I tried to do everything myself. Right. everything I, everything in life I tried to do myself, and I usually usually mess it up. And as a Christian, I still mess up. I still mess the things up, but oh, the one I thing think. and and you said it. The peace is the peace that passes all understanding. You know who he is, and you know his relationship to you, and that—that's it in a nutshell. Yeah,
0: and you know we'd be better at a lot of things if we just turn loose and let, and let God let go and let God.
1: You know, Me included. We'd, we'd, yes. Yeah,
0: we'd be better dads. We'd be better granddads. We'd be better husbands. We'd be better employees. We'd be better retirees. We'd, you know, we'd be better at, at a lot of stuff. Right. Uh, I know, man. I have made a mess. I have made a mess of so many things. Yeah. I've gone, gone, launched out and done things that my, my lovely wife uh, advised against. And like and I say, you, you, usually they're, <laughs> usually they're right. You know, usually they're right. And I should have just kept my mouth shut yeah. and gone, gone ahead and, and done it.
1: You're right. And I, and I I know you. I know you think like this. But when I, I get to the point, it's like you know, what is what's wrong with the country? How in the world? Why? How in the world are these kids? You know, accepting socialism? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? You know, we and I, I do it. I try to say, well, it's because of Common Core. Well, it's because of the educational system. Well, it's because of this. It's because of this. One, I mean, w- this country is spiritually bankrupt. Yes. We are spiritually bankrupt, and that is the problem with everything.
0: There is no moral compass, and that's one thing that Horowitz po- points out in his book, Dark Agenda, and 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 the disservice that Madeline Murray O'Hare did by using her son and this kicking God out of school. But you know, we try to take we try to take God out of everything. We take him out of school. We take him out of the workplace. We take him out. You know us don't have the Ten Commandments hanging at work, you know all that stuff, and, and and the home we take him out of the home, um, and w- then we expect our kids to act like godly little Christians, right. and, and it just it just won't work, you know. Doesn't I, work. It just doesn't work, and we have to learn to put Jesus first. You know, I, <laughs> I you know, I'm retired now, so it's okay, but. Um, you know, for years, for years, I had the Ten Commandments hanging in my office mm-hmm. and uh, written in Hungarian. Now, my grandparents Brilliant. my grandparents were Hungarian. It's still the Ten Commandments. Still. And uh, that was my little silent protest, and I had it in a nice frame, nice flowers around the borders, just very ornate. People would come in and say, what is that? And I said, well, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So, you know, I said, My grandparents my grandparents were Hungarian, and uh, those are Hungarian words that we could all live by. And <laughs> so, so the, then and they would look at it and say, Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice, you know. And then at Christmas time, I'd always bring me uh, a nativity scene in, set it on the desk. And I'd have people coming. Can you do that? I said, do what? Put Jesus and stuff out there on the desk. I said, Jesus? And they said, yeah. I said, ah, it's just a little homeless family. You know, they're, they're homeless, living in a stable there, maybe in a manger. And uh, so, you know, we need to kind of sometimes color outside the box. And, you know, you can't always be socially disobedient, you know, but uh, there are times if it comes, it's just like people say well you know they can't tell us to wear a mask at church they can't do that well no really not but you know the bible also tells us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and right. and if that doesn't go contrary to scripture what's it hurt now right and people say well you're supposed to obey God rather than man, I said, where does it say in the Bible not to wear a mask? Where does yeah. it say that? Now, if uh, if that same government tells me, uh, I'm getting a little static in my headphone. Can you still hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, if that same government tells us uh, you can no longer go to church, you've got to denounce God in Christianity, and you got to worship the state like they're doing in China right now. Right, they're telling Christians over there you got to denounce your faith and give allegiance to the Communist Party. If you know, if you're going to do that, then I'll I'll disobey that. I'll obey God rather than man. But when it comes to wearing a mask, yeah, I'm not going to die on that battlefield.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I have a. I struggle with that, you know. I, you know, I just, um, I'm, I'm kind of to the point where, um, what's this going to lead? What precedence is this setting? You know, are we, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, a, kind of vocal. I don't, I don't want this to happen. But, I mean, you're exactly right. You know, it's, are we going to die on that battlefield? You know, is it, it, it's just a mask? It is just a mask. It's, I, I'm just, I guess I'm a, I'm trying to forward think. I think of th- even though I'm an optimist, I, I think forward at the worst. But, right. you know, what they, what's what's next? Well, we see we got them in line with the mass. Now let's uh, now let's do this. Let's do that. But, right, maybe the mass thing isn't the thing to, to die on the cross uh, over. But um, that's well put. You know, you're right.
0: Well, it's just like a buddy of mine. And you know who he is. I uh, used to go to church with him. And he's a big gun guy, like I am. And he... Uh, He always open carries. Yeah, carries a nineteen eleven on his belt outside his shirt. Yeah, and I say, why do you do that? And he said, Well, it's my right to do that. I have a right to do that. I can carry it outside. That's what I want to do. I said, Yeah, but it makes people uncomfortable. I said, You and I go in the same store, and I said, I've got my gun concealed nobody knows right. I have it I don't make anybody uncomfortable right you right. come walking in there with your camo shirt and your <laughs> scruffy hair and beard and you got a big uh, uh, hog leg strapped to your belt there it makes people nervous so why do right. you do that right and it's kind right. of my it's kind of my same thing with the mask I, I don't think the mask really does any good You know, I mean, it may help a little bit. I don't know. You don't know who to listen to when that. But when I don't wear one, it makes people uncomfortable. Right. And so why do I want to do that? But anyway... I digress. No, yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad you brought. See,
1: I'm still learning from you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. It's a it's a very it's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it when it comes down to uh, Gen to twenty one, they want to put us in t- concentration camps. Maybe we'll die on that
0: one. Yeah, well, I'll die on that hill. I'll die yeah. on that hill with you, buddy. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we about run out of time here, and, and we're going to wrap things up. But uh, before we do tell us where we can find your podcast sheep no more right sheep no more sheep no
1: more you can find me on um apple Podcasts. you can uh, find me on spotify um there's about uh, i believe there's about 13 episodes right now just uh just getting started and um um i only get a little angry on one of them but um check it out (laughs) and uh (laughs) check it out and share it if you like it and jerry I, i appreciate you i appreciate the conversation as always
0: buddy i've enjoyed it and um, maybe we'll get on here and talk about something else someday okay sounds good god bless you brother god bless you bye well that's about all the time we have for today i hope you enjoyed our interview with fellow podcaster barry cook from sheep no more hope you'll tune in to barry's podcast and see what he has to say too i know i had a good time there uh interviewing barry for the last couple of episodes well, next week, we'll take a look at some examples of socialism around the world and how those countries and their socialistic government stack up against capitalism. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. And if you did, share it with your friends. Tell them all about it. And maybe they can become a part of the Bee Boomer Unleashed family as well. Well, once again, I hope you'll join us for our next episode. But until then... Have a great week and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye.